everybody. Just letting you know, there's a fair bit of mental health talk this week and everything it revolves around now. So just a heads up. Hey everybody, welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies, Three Dads, Three Very Different Scenarios. Adam, Benny, joining me as always. Hey boys, how you doing? Howdy doody. <laughs> hey man, how you are? How the fuck did I say howdy doody? I've like never said that before in my entire life. <laughs> howdy doody. Howdy doody. Howdy, Mr. Doody. Howdy doody. I just got I just got thrown off because Blossom did a massive burp as you were doing the intro. Oh good, well oh. I'll make sure to leave that in then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was gonna like I peek behind a curtain. I was gonna do like a big, like try out like noise reduction and whatnot after I, we finish recording. But I'm not going to bother now because I want that to be in. Exactly. Noise. I want everyone to hear how much of a dirty bitch she is. It's yeah. make it sound like she's burping in a cathedral. <laughs> I'll put like a synth thing on it, or like uh, I mean, like auto tune or something, <laughs> so it comes out. I was like... gonna say auto tune. <laughs> yeah. Burp. <laughs> <laughs> We can turn her into the next big viral sensation. <laughs> yeah, she's she can be the new Skrillex. I don't even know what that is or what that. Yeah. I don't even. Know. I don't. I don't even know if that's joke's relevant or not. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I must say, I've not heard of Skrillex for like years, and you are the third person this week to mention his name to me. No way! <laughs> it's oh, come back so on. strange. I don't even know what music Skrillex does. I don't know if Skrillex is a boy or a girl. Is it a movement? Is it a person? I have no clue. No he's, idea. He's foppishly haired DJ who oh, does foppish. like nice. who does like D, uh, drum and bass style. Here comes a drop. Wow, wicka, wicka, wow. <laughs> How to do the yeah, okay. I mean, as, as type of stuff where the music like builds up and then goes to like a big drop. And he's got like one of one side of his hair is really short and the other side is like really long. Yeah, he's got Nakamura hair. Okay, I yes. get that reference, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. No, or Nakamura has Skrillex hair. We'll Skrillex never hair, know. yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. He's like Dead Mouse, but without the big comedy hat. <laughs> without the mouse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before the show, and we discussed the idea that Bob Ross would make a fucking fortune on OnlyFans if he just did ASMR. <laughs> descriptions of sexual activities with his voice and i think we should discuss this and explore this possibility further okay as people do people do watch the joy of painting don't they to chill out and relax and there is like an asmr kind of um what's the quality to it yeah there's like an asmr hook to the joy of painting and we said that if bob ross had an OnlyFans but was describing sexual encounters it just he'd make a fortune yeah i mean joy painting is one of those programs where i could not just sit and watch it because I would be asleep, like, within the first episode. <laughs> I'd, I'd sleepy dad mode would just overwhelm me, and I'd be there asleep, like, listening out for someone to turn the telly over, and that would wake me up. And I'd go, oh, I was watching that. <laughs> but that, that that's energy. how it would send me. I've, I've never actually done the whole, like, put Bob Ross episode on and then follow along with what he's doing. I've never done that, never even considered it, because he's just Do too Do you think people actually did watch. that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, loads of people did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big thing. Wow. Yeah, like he. I imagine you. He, he's got loads he of do it. painting sets and stuff like that out there. Yeah. All of his like licensed painting products. He's he's like the uh, the Games Workshop of like casual landscape painting, with all the different okay. like paints and special brushes and things that he's got that are specifically made for his uh, type of painting. 
Yes. So next time, next time I go down to Norfolk Broads and I see a bunch of people trying to do painting, I should uh, go and accost them and check to see if they've got Bob Ross sets. Well, uh, if you've got an original Bob Ross over there, as long as like one of them isn't the guy at the fast show, and I knew you're going to say that. Black <laughs> to him. <laughs> I knew. And he has to say that guy. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, immediately that guy. where I go to. <laughs> yeah. Like, Anytime oh, I yeah, see them on painting outside, painting. all I hear in my black. head is black. Black. Yeah. <laughs> you feed me pins. What's for tea, mother? Pants on toast. And then he just like falls over and kicks his painting up in yeah. there. <laughs> I hope some people get that reference. The Fast Show was a television show in the nineties, folks. If you do, because if you don't, stuck yeah. in three old dudes talking about old British telly. Yeah, if you if you just go on YouTube and search for Fast Show Painter, he'll come up straight away, and it's hilarious. Yeah, I recommend you do it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I recommend everybody goes watch goes and watches all of the fast show immediately because it was fantastic. You can't get it anywhere. Going back to um, going back to Filthy Bob Ross. Yes. Yes. Um, A he talked about whacking off every episode when he uh, brushed whacked his brush on the legs of his uh, his easel thing. So he was already filthy. (laughs) He was filthy before his time. Exactly. He beat the crap out of that thing. Uh, (laughs) Secondly, obviously he was a bit um, bit too uh, premature for OnlyFans being on in the. 80s and 90s but i feel like um you, you guys are a, a tiny bit older than me so you'd probably like have more experience with this than i would but i can imagine bob ross having one of those ads that'd be like in the back of a magazine or a back of a paper <laughs> it's like call call now for dirty chat oh my god dirty painting chat <laughs> on an 0891 number oh my god do you remember those oh my god oh yeah i got in trouble as a kid for ringing one <laughs> it wasn't a yeah. sex one though it was a Santa one because <laughs> I wanted <laughs> I was a child and wanted to speak to Santa uh, he, he mentioned something about like unloading his sack in my household yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> stupid sexy Santa <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no I did I get in trouble it was god I racked up tens of pounds worth of debt on phone calls and this is like in the early 90s late 80s <laughs> ringing a recorded Santa oh my god I remember getting caught once because I was, I think, around 11 or 12. My dad used to buy the Daily Mirror every day. He was a builder, so fucking, you know, go figure. He would buy the Daily Mirror every day. It was kind of after all the news and just before the sports section. So it was near the back, but not right at the back. And there was always pictures of women, not with boobs out, but they were just very scantily. So you couldn't, you could see nearly everything, but just not everything. And I was around 11 or 12, and I was getting to that point in my life where I started to understand that girls made me feel certain feelings in certain parts <laughs> of my body. And I ripped one of those pages out to just take it upstairs and just stare at it because, like, oh, my God, these are real women. I can look at them. And I remember my mom was had not read the paper that night, and she was reading it. She went, this is weird. Where's this back page? <laughs> and she just she just knew. She just looked at me, and I was just, I was just said, oh, God. That's weird, and I've got no idea. Maybe it fell out or something. But yeah, that's so. Uh, that was my first Daniel? introduction to those pages in a paper. Yeah, Daniel, I would like to admit that I did exactly the same thing. Yes, obviously a little bit young, a little bit younger. They used to have them in the back of the um, official PlayStation magazine, and I used to do the exact same thing. No yeah. way! Just like these are these are women that I can talk to <laughs> over the phone. You know what's yeah. crazy? I'm not allowed to use the phone. I think this is the day, but used to be able to buy nuts and zoo in the middle of just above the Beano or Woman's yeah. Own or something. Nuts and Zoo were not top shelf magazines, but they would have girls in completely naked. And as a man in yeah. my young twenties, I could just stand there and flick through it and not feel ashamed. But it was always <laughs> like it was always completely naked women in it. I just thought yeah. 
I know they've kind of gone defunct now because that thing's kind of passed everyone by and it's a bit passe, but I just find it really weird that you could just stand in Asda and flick through nuts or zoo. Well, for me, it was always <laughs> loaded and FHM. And also Yeah, Bizarre Nuts and Zoo magazine. came after, didn't they? Yeah, Bizarre Magazine was good because in, in the mix of all like, the, the big titty goth girlfriends... <laughs> yes. and stuff like that you also had like oh this this like weird russian horror films being made so let's let's <laughs> dive deep into this weird <laughs> russian horror film and oh look there's some like two-headed cow born in china here's some photos it's <laughs> just yeah yeah it's very confusing as a young teenager <laughs> yeah because sure. i'm older big ups to the, i'm because i'm older big ups to the big titty goth girl i was gonna say i was gonna I'm say. engaged to one yeah, yeah that's true actually yeah Bizarre was great for me because I was around sort of 19 or 20 when I first started reading it and it was exactly what I needed. It was girls with like funky colored hair, tattoos, big boobs, always looked fantastic, just exactly what I like. And then like you say, just wacky stories. Oh, like Python eats house in Cambodia. Oh, of course I've got to read this. This sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I needed from my magazine. Yeah. I only get this lad's bag from the articles. In FHM and Loaded... I really, really enjoyed the captions under the pictures because they took the piss out of the the photo and the article. It's like they were yeah. written by someone else who's, you know what, I'm just reading through this magazine and I'm just going to write like a little funny thing under this picture to say this is what this picture's of. And I fucking love that to the point where I would <laughs> cut them out and stick them in a book and just go, you know what, that's really fucking funny. I'm going to keep <laughs> this joke. <laughs> it was like they had a special department just for those pictures, wasn't it? Because they were exactly. always so funny and on point. And you had to you had to make a joke describing the picture in something like eight words, because that was all you could fit. It was eight mm. words or less to get a yeah. joke in, and they were always really good. And my cousin has a claim to fame because he has one of him. He was at a car show somewhere because he was really into he was really into cars when he was younger, like boy racer type stuff. And he went to a car show and there's a what was that? There's a car magazine that was basically the car magazine of FHM. I can't remember what it was called, but he was at a car show. They took his picture. He signed a thing saying, yeah, you can be in. I'll, you know, I'm happy to give my image to be in this magazine. And he got yeah. his own one with a stupid comment underneath. I was like, that's oh, so wow. cool. Oh, that, that would be an honour. That would be an <laughs> To be in it's FHM like or, it or whatever it was. Was it, um, was it Evo magazine? It might have been Evo, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's ringing the bell. Yeah. That sounds right. That sounds right. I, I remember there being this downhill mountain biking one because a lot of my uh, the guys I hung around with in school, they were like really into off road like cycling and mountain biking. So they were always like passing magazines between them, and it was always like they would have photos loaded but mixed with mountain bikes. So they'd have the top <laughs> like mountain bike celebrities, a woman in like one of those cycling full face helmets with a tits out of a bike. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird. It was really weird. That's someone's fantasy, man. Oh, crazy. But I, I imagine it's just like a pedalling version of the car magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be, the, it'd be the same in any magazine, wouldn't it? Like, what we got, What can we do to make this sell better? Let's just put yeah. a woman in a skimpy top in it. That's just what they do, because they know it's fucking men and lads and boys who are going to read it. That's I know. that's what they like. And that's so. why I have to scan through all those Peppa Pig comics that my kids buy <laughs> with the three toys on front just to make sure there's nothing indecent in there. Like they've got Peppa that's with their six breasts out. <laughs> oh, God. This is taking a very dark turn. 
They should put them in the uh, the back pages of Panini sticker albums because there's only <laughs> middle-aged men that do that anyway. What they should do that's is good, just do... That's really a good point. <laughs> no, for the football sticker albums, they should just have pictures of, like, scantily clad men and women, and then oh. they should have <laughs> especially, like, cropped in Photoshop or something so that you get the right sticker for that body and the head fits perfectly on. So you've got the body of, like, a young, buxom, like, Asian girl in a bikini, and you've got the head of, like, well, I don't know any f- footballers, Bruce Grobelar. <laughs> on there. <laughs> just, like, then you've got the perfect blend. If you like football oh and you like boots. <laughs> or I guess men. Because so. you could do men's bodies for, like, the lady footballers. I can't believe this has led us onto this topic, but you know they you know they cancelled the walk on girls in the darts. So they yes. have you know the well, when the darts players walk down to the hockey, they would have a, an attractive girl or sorry, two attractive girls walk down with them for basically the men in the audience to ogle, and they got rid yeah. of them, which I thought was stupid. Shouldn't you push a positive image that you have a girl and a guy? Because loads of women go to the darts, and I'm sure women want to yeah. look at hunky men. So I was thinking, why don't you have like a shredded, good-looking guy and then a really hot girl? And it would have girl dancers on the stage as well, which I understand at the time when they first started was kind of like, all right, what, you know, this isn't the 1970s. What are we doing here? You know, you're still doing dancing girls on the stage. It's a bit odd. And I thought, well, why don't they just have two dancing boys and two dancing girls? Don't get rid of them all together because (laughs) it's a way for them to earn a living and make money and stuff. I thought they should have gone the other way. I don't get why. All those guys who, like, read men's men's fitness magazine and are confronted by all of those bodies constantly like they go to the gym they like sports so they're in the changing room in the football you know it's something comforting to see another young man's strapping body so why not see that in another sporting event and just go ah yeah sports this is what all this is about you've got a good point because Loads and loads of men read Men's Health, and there's always naked, half-naked men in it. And the men reading oh, Men's yeah. Health don't give a shit. They don't care. I used to read Men's Health all the time, and I was never yeah. like, ugh, men, ugh. No. I'd, I'd be looking at him going, I'm, fuck, look at his... men in my Men's Health magazine. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'd be like, oh, his fucking obliques look awesome. I wish I could have obliques like that. Exactly. I'd just be depressed. I, I, I look at it with jealousy and scorn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there, there but for the grace of God and my utter laziness go I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just thought, like, where where this kind of, instead of removing the women or scantily clad women from things, add in scantily clad men. I don't yeah. get why they had to remove the women. Add in men. So then, so women have something to look at, isn't I just thought that would be more fair, yeah. is the point. Or because you go the other way oh, and you make them very heavily clad women. So they're there with, like, five <laughs> jumpers on, three pairs of trousers... <laughs> Yeah. Four, four bobble hats. <laughs> I'm going cosplay as like a couch or something. Yeah. <laughs> Looking like um, Joey in an episode of yeah. Friends. Yeah. Where he, wears yeah. Clothes. <laughs> he wears everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always find it a bit odd that they went they went to the way of I'm going to take stuff away because I don't I I don't understand the thing of like that kind of sexual titillation is a bad thing. I don't think it is a bad thing. I think it's fine. You know, if and but for men and for women, women should be able to. Yeah, uh, but maybe it's just the maybe there's maybe it's that kind of the people in, who make in these the decisions. nicest way though. Do you, do you want to watch 
or to get sexually titillated or to get some kind of cheap thrill before you settle down and watch a sporting event. What what does that do for you? It doesn't get you amped up for like, yes, I'm gonna watch some boxing or snooker or darts or bowls or something like that. It's like snooker <laughs> right, or bowls is hilarious. There there's there's some boobs or there there's some like washboard abs. Right now I need to settle down a bit and get excited over darts. Yeah, like, I see what like, you're saying. That's a that's what, a good point. That's a good point. Why is it needed? Otherwise, yeah, you're right. like on a football match, instead of like having the kid come out to, for the mascot, <laughs> they just have like a half naked person come out as the mascot, and like everyone yeah. in the stadium is like, "Ray, right now, watch football." <laughs> yeah, all the players like have are accompanied by a really hot girl, and all the players have to be, just be shirtless. So all the guys look awesome and shredded, and all the girls are beautiful, and they just stand there and have a picture taken together. But. But no, we've come across a new sport now because you said the girls follow the guys around. And to me, that means for the full 90 minutes. <laughs> so they've no, got to they just want with them and be picture. man on. They've got to follow the footballers <laughs> around and try and keep up. The mascots don't do that, do they? <laughs> no, but you say that immediately made me think that. And to me, I can't think of anything funnier than all of these like really athletic, well-trained guys and gals, because we need for you know, both gender of the sport, running around and, and someone who's just there and is aesthetically nice, not necessarily yeah, the fittest, like trying to keep up with them. I'm also thinking of it like from a tactical point of view where, you know, when this is probably more for uh, Daniel, you know, in the NFL where they do like the, the wide receiver routes where they try to get them to run into each other. Yeah, yeah. That's what you can do with, that's what you can do with the people following around <laughs> and you get them to bump into the, so, yeah, bump into the mascot. Send or it just a, run into Gunnosaurus. Or to make it yeah. even better, they're attacked by bungee <laughs> cord. <laughs> so they can't actually get too far away. So if they do, there's like a stretching motion. And the one at the back gets like pulled along and falls over. That makes the guy stumble, and it adds a whole new level of like tactics. Like you yeah, say, the you issue could is then though, swing your your mascot around, and, like and use <laughs> momentum to like nutmeg the other guy, <laughs> take him out. If that's the right use of the phrase, nutmeg him in the face. Would that count yeah, as a foul? Who knows? It would. And it isn't a nutmeg, but we'll gloss over that. That's fine. You don't know sports, and that's not a problem. The issue is, is that some of these footy players are so stacked and well-built, it would be like the, the girl was hogtied, and they'd just be being dragged along behind them. There'd be no kind of... They wouldn't slow the boys no, down No, no, I, I think they would have to go for an equivalent body mass for the individual. Ah, good point. A good so point. it could be okay, like a like really that. skinny, like, but tall individual, because it could be male or female attached to male or female. And it could be Danny DeVito, some light-shaped person <laughs> being dragged around. Even the goalies get one. But do you then make the goals even wider at all? I was going to say, a goal a goal is hard enough to score in football as it is, let alone with two fucking goalies. That would be impossible. Every game would be not, not if they both yeah, go have to have twice opposite ways. Goals. If they both go opposite <laughs> ways... <laughs> then you just bounce yeah, but, yeah, but they're not going to go opposite ways, are they? Because there's not two footballs. Oh, the ball's coming to my left. I know, I'll jump to the right. Well, what if it's, <laughs> what if it's a penalty, for example? A penalty, they duke it, but the, the, the goalkeeper, the professional goalkeeper, he knows all the tricks of the trade, so he goes the right way. The person attached to them doesn't know. They go the other way, because they fell for the duke. 
will be saved. Who knows? You know, we've maybe, um... maybe it's like uh, maybe it's like bullseye rules, and the non-professional has to go first, and then the uh, <laughs> actual professional has to go. <laughs> the non-professional, <laughs> a fucking like, fascia reference those... and a bullseye reference. You get Brilliant. all the guys who like can really leap up there, like Ronaldo, and do the headers. Can go super <laughs> high. He won't. He won't be able to go high because Danny DeVito's down there dragging him down. <laughs> no, so just, like, no. You see, this get is the thing. Down. No, because Ronaldo is that kind of specimen. It wouldn't matter who was tied to him or what was tied to him. He would still jump mm. as high as he could. He would still kick as hard as yeah, he could. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. stopping Ronaldo. No, he would jump You're as high as he players, could. Though. He just wouldn't be able to jump as high as he can now. Unfettered no, by he DeVito. Would. No, he would. Can we he's, have... that, he's a freak. He'd, he, here's what Ronaldo would do. He's such a perfectionist. He'd have Danny DeVito tied to him every second of every day. He would just get used to it in the end. And then he'd be just back to normal. There'd be no difference to Ronaldo. He's and then good. what you do is in the off-season, when, you know, because the mascots who are there, they can't be doing it all the time. They haven't got the fitness levels. So there's going to be some matches where they're, they're basically superhuman because they've been shackled to the DeVito for so long <laughs> the that they are now used to that, and they're basically jumping like twice as high, running twice as fast, because of all the muscle mass that's been built up. It'd be like those trainers that players, people used to get for basketball that made them jump extra high, like uh, like the Jimmy in Seinfeld. Like, they'd be like, um, they're like springy pads. <laughs> on your... flubber. <laughs> Another great reference. Flubber on the bottom of the soles. Are, are you yeah, thinking like a big... moon shoes? <laughs> those like little kind trampoline of, yeah. shoes. <laughs> They were kind of like that, but Nike the idea was that they shoes. could make you jump higher. Well, that that brand new sport there. <laughs> right, I've trademarked oh this. God. I'm going to post a copy of this podcast to myself. Okay. <laughs> dated today. So if you try and run off, Vince McMahon, I, I know you, what you do <laughs> with, you, with your XFL. <laughs> All right. You're not taking this and doing like XFA. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> to be fair, Vince has now sold the XFL, so you'd have to do it. You'd have to say it to the Rock instead, because the Rock now owns the XFL, or part owns it. Rock so. owns the XFL. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, okay. Now twenty-five minutes in. What have you been up to this week, boys? <laughs> <laughs> Benny. Today was a very important day in the life of uh, young baby Freya. We finally, after. Uh, ten weeks have got her registered, so she is now officially a human being. Yay! With a birth certificate and everything. Oh, Good stuff. Man. She is official. Well done. She, she is official. Implanted the microchip. She yeah, is now. She is now subject to all the laws of the British nation. Yeah, <sighs> that's it now. So it's all over for her. Before basically Freya was registered, she was living in international waters permanently. But now she's <laughs> now she's now she's on land. That's it. Have a monkey. Have a monkey knife fights in her head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You also, Benny. You also sent us pictures that you you built her crib today and then put her in it, which was hilarious because she looked like I don't know. Like I said, looks she was travelling through some kind of vortex. She was so small in it. <laughs> oh, she was tiny. Yeah, I mean, tiny. I'm I'm off. Uh, I, I'm off the day for the until the end of the weekend because it's my birthday on Sunday. Yeah. So um, I thought I'd get on with some dad jobs tomorrow. I've got to build oh, a barbecue. Yeah. Uh, today I thought we um. Very, very kindly donated a crib from Blossom's friend Leanne. Thank you, Leanne. If you listen to this, I don't think you do. And I, I put this morning aside to put it together. Very easy job. And yeah, I mean, she's a small little baby anyway. But in that, the thing just absolutely gobbled her up. 
Blossom made a little mobile for her with some of her crochet goodies. Like a, uh, there's a dinosaur and a sloth and an otter and an elephant on there. So that kept her entertained. And currently it's literally just a storage place for all of her toys because Freya is still sleeping with us. And she's gotten so good at sleeping with us that she started sleeping through the night. Yes, I heard she slept through the night last night, didn't she? So last night, Blossom and I went to bed quarter past eleven, half past eleven. Like Freya was asleep just before that, which we give her like a feed just before we go to bed, just to kind of knock her out, for lack of a better way of putting it. So she slept from let's say half eleven all the way through to seven o'clock. Blossom woke me up at quarter to seven, and um, like nudged me awake and said to me, "Oh, oh yeah, I." God, I didn't even hear you two come back up after the feed. And I said, what feed? She's still asleep. So, yeah, Freya's a very good little girl. She's making life so much easier for us now nice. that we don't have to wake up in the night. Yeah. But that's probably uh, jinxed it now. She'll be up at, like, three. Yeah, and I'll yeah. have to feed her. Was there, a, was there a mild panic when you first woke up thinking, <laughs> oh, shit, because that's what me and Sarah did. Because George was the same. <laughs> about eight or nine weeks, she slept right through, and we both woke up and went, oh, my God. And then I had to look her <laughs> intently to make sure she was breathing, and she was fine. She just slept through the night. So the, yeah, it was a bit. Of a I, mean, I took I took a page out of your book and I uh, got a mirror down by her nose just to make sure it steamed up. Nice, good stuff, mafia nice. style. Love it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the other the other bit of uh, Freya news is um, you guys know about this, but I'll uh, I'll uh, tell it to the listeners at home is that um, she really did a very aggressive poo in Blossom's direction the other day, <laughs> where she uh, yes she did a poo. Blossom realised it, put her on a change mat. She was could tell she was still pooing, so she left her for just a moment before she undid the nappy. The poo was very, very thick, apparently, so she had to scoop that all away. And then after that, another poo came out, another very thick poo, followed by a very uh, explosive wet poo, which went all over, uh, all over the mat, all over the changing table, and a little bit on Blossom's hands. So she had... Poo fingers, which is always something that we have a good little laugh about. But yeah, other than that, in baby news, that's pretty much it. Just carrying on. Oh, sorry, uh, Blossom has just announced one other thing to me that I forgot. With a very uh, rude gesture, Freya has figured out, or she's starting to figure out, she's getting progressively better and better at it. Uh, She's figuring out how to suck her thumb to soothe herself. Sometimes it's a thumb, sometimes it's a finger, sometimes it's a combination of both, but it's Again, you guys say every parent says it, but it's true about Freya. She's a genius, and she's a <laughs> and she's perfect. Fair enough, mate. That's good stuff. A good, yes. a good weekly baby update. Oh, that, that's really good, though, Benny. I'm I'm really pleased that she's actually slept through. <laughs> but I think I think you might have jinxed it now. For the t- <laughs> for the next ten months, she's going to be awake all through the night. I mean that that's me going off my personal experience with my demon baby. Uh, Daisy <laughs> and her constant crying, <laughs> but that was only one out of three. So I think you've only got a thirty-three percent chance of that happening. Uh, <laughs> me though, I I don't have any news other than what's going to happen in the week coming, which may be of interest to you guys. Is I don't know if you guys know, but I'm actually a trained mental health first aider, and for you those of you who don't know, uh, who listen to this podcast. Hello. I am uh, on this health... podcast and I don't know. Oh. <laughs> well, there we go. That's that's good that I've raised it then. 
I was trained by uh, specific trainers as, as an organization. It started in Australia quite a few years back uh, called Mental Health First Aid. And the, it's all around the world now. And the whole point of it is much like with physical first aid, where like if you were in the workplace and you injured yourself, like you slipped over and you broke your arm, uh, the first aider on site would come, would do what they could do to make you feel better and then also at the same time help you in getting to professional help. And that's what mental health first aid is. It's it's the mental health version of that. So I, out of my own personal interest and what was going on in my personal life at the time, I signed up for this course because I, I was a physical first aider and uh, it was mentioned on the physical first aid course. And I thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. And thankfully, my workplace sponsored me to do it they they pay for the course and everything so went out and did it and it was really useful and in my workplace then I like told people right I am a mental health first aider and I had people approach me and I still do you know several years later when people are having a bit of a mental health crisis and being affected at work to come to me and I can like just sit and have a chat with them even though we all now like work from home I can still do that remotely get them to a better place, and then signpost them on to better support. And it's not just in the workplace now. With that training, I've been able to do it like with people who are strangers, effectively, like from walking down the road on the, on the constitutional. I've seen people who are very distressed and have stopped and helped them out. And also people who I know just through other people. I've just said, look, our mutual friend has told me this is happening. I, I'm a mental health first aider, can I help? And sometimes I do interact with it. So, personally, it's a great thing, and I, I feel really blessed to be in the position to do that. But I'm actually also trained now to be a trainer, and I can train other people in that. And I actually have a course, my first course, coming up, which I'm very nervous about, because I want to make sure it's done right, and I want to make sure it's done in the most correct way. So I've been stressing about that for like the past two or three weeks, but it's coming to a head now because mm. it's only a few days away. So that that's what I've been up to <laughs> over the past week is stressing about making sure I can help people the best way possible. And it's it's so, it's very strict as well. You have to deliver the exact content that they say so that yeah. all of it is delivered in the right way. And all of it is delivered correctly. Like, you can't add lib. You can't add stuff onto the content. Like, outside of possibly your own personal experiences with mental health and with crises, you can't add anything onto that. So you have to very right. much stick to this curriculum. So thankfully, this first course is going to be more of a, a me shadowing and getting an understanding of how it's delivered. But I'm as anxious because it's all being delivered face-to-face. And I'm I'm not happy about being in an environment where I've got to speak to people face to face because that's the the first time in nearly eighteen months that I've had to speak to people and train them face to face. This feels very weird. <laughs> God, yeah, is is um is the mental health first aid thing similar to uh, mindfulness? It it co-ops part of that. So mindfulness is very much a coping strategy. Mindfulness is about coming out of a, a state where you are feeling, for example, anxious, worried, you have maybe some kind of 
pa- like a mild panic attack, that kind of thing. And it's mm. making you come out of that pattern and be more aware of your body. And by concentrating on your body and doing things like just... It's, it's these stereotypical things where you just sit and you're quiet and you're concentrating on your breathing in and out. Yeah. And you feel like how your body is touching the chair or the settee or whatever mm. you're on and how your feet are touching the floor. Uh, and and things like that. So it's being mindful of yourself as a physical okay. object to help you then come out of that that kind of circular thought that happens, that spiral that happens when you are depressed or you're anxious. Yeah. Uh, and then to do that whenever you're starting to feel that way. So it's kind of a way to calm yourself down, to meditate, and to think about what you're doing. So it. It's in a way, it's similar to kind of like CBT. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's a way of analyzing your thoughts, the obsessive thoughts that you have, or the negative thoughts that you have, and getting yourself to a point where you are able to, as you are feeling those things, analyze them and go actually in the grand scale of things this isn't anything to worry about or to panic about exactly, or anything yeah. like that so it's a, it's a very similar thing so it's a coping strategy and it's co-opted in there but the training allows you to go through lots of different mental health issues so we have things like substance abuse which uh, is all about like addiction and the, the issues that can cause substance abuse and the issues that substance abuse causes for mental health. We have things like anxiety, schizophrenia. You cover things like depression, bipolar disorder, suicidal ideation. There's lots of videos you can watch in part of the course where you've got people who have lived experiences talking about them. Even now, it's, it's kind of modified in a way where they have brought in speakers who deal with the the racial and cultural differences within society, how they contribute towards different types of mental health issues in different cultures within society. So like in the in the BAME community, there are different factors affecting them than there would be the Caucasian community and what type of mental health issues that they may have as a result. Uh, so it's a huge wide range of stuff to help prep you be able to identify what someone's going through so you can then support them. I say I, I only bring up mindfulness because um, uh, I went through like a bit of a mental health uh, let's dip, shall we say, about uh, two years ago. Um, it was yeah. April or, or February 2019 because uh, myself and Adam, we went through it at pretty much the same time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> We we were we were both off at the same time, weren't we? But we were, and yeah. um, and that stemmed from well, at least I believe it stemmed from. Um, we bring him up on the show quite often. And I'll bring him up again. That stemmed from our mutual friend Sven passing away. He took his own life back in November the year before in um, two thousand eighteen, and yeah. it wasn't until like I was off those <clears throat> that couple those couple of weeks, and I went to uh, I think I had about five or six. Um, mindfulness um, seminars here in Lowestoft and it was only then that going through all them um, teaching you about like uh, how, again the, how the body works during like uh, during like a mental health episode I say um, about the adrenaline fight and flight and all that 
It was only then, going through that, that I realised that about two weeks after Sven passed away, and I, I, I took the weekend off after he died, and went back to work, and then about two weeks after that, I found out I had a... Uh, I real well, I didn't know at the time, but I realised after doing this that I had a panic attack at work because I, I I just felt like I had a dodgy tummy and like my and that was that and I drove home and went to bed. Yeah. But after going to that, I realised I had all the symptoms of a panic attack without even knowing it because I never had one before. So I think that's what makes what you're doing very helpful to people because you know I wouldn't have had a clue without going to those courses. Exactly, exactly, and and it's about. You know, you being trained to identify that, if if you notice someone who's mm. never had a mental health issue in the past, like you, I assume, had never done, to be able to... No, 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 nothing, nothing. Not able to recognise that. It it allows you to go, right, I can see you... Like, I've approached you maybe as a physical first aider because you are feeling unwell. And I can then actually go, well, actually those physical symptoms also tally up with this mental health issue. Yeah. What's going on? Are you okay? And being then like, if it was you, for example, being able to identify, well, actually, you've had this event that's happened in your life, that allows you to go, okay, this might be the cause of it. So what we can do is we can get you calmed down and we can get you sorted out right now, but you're not a professional. You're not there for long-term support. So here's what you can do. So like, go to the doctor. Here's a list of different charities which offer like grief counselling and things like that. And and being able to identify those different avenues for support, like I say, like a physical first yeah. aider. So yeah, it, it's very important. And what I've been glad to see is whenever I've attended the, the different course, the wide range of organisations and authorities which are engaging with it like when I did my trainer course uh, late last year, we had like uh, individual people who were going and just being like mental health first aid trainer, as well as doing other kind of training courses freelance. We had people who worked for like Kraft, so the big food manufacturing company who owned Cadbury's and loads of other stuff. It was someone from there doing it. It was, I think it was like teachers and things like that, all getting involved because they are trying to bring that into their organizations and mm. the I work for a, like a local authority so I've been passed forward to train how to do this and train people within the local authority but also the NHS the local police and fire service as well and basically get these people trained up so that there is this wider range of mental health support which especially after the past 18 months is even more prevalent. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because that's going to cause some people who've never had issues before issues because they, they've never experienced anything like this. I could definitely identify what you said because I was the same in that I hadn't had any issues for my entire life, even with all the shit that I... I'm, I'd be a, a prime example of somebody who should go to one of these courses that Adam would be doing as I sort of went through an addiction thing and... Hmm. Everything with my mum dying and then my friends dying and not just uh, our mutual friend but other friends as well and all that kind of thing. And I just always had sort of took the burden on my shoulders. Yeah. And I think like Adam can relate to this as well. You know, like uh, our both our fathers kind of not being in the picture at certain points and us being kind of the men of the house at a young age and all that kind of thing. And it, t- it takes a toll and you don't realise it takes a toll. Yeah. I didn't realise I was having a, a breakdown until... I was parked on the side of the road in floods of tears, and at that point, I thought, "I think there's something wrong with me. I think I need to get some. <laughs> I think yeah. I need to get some help." <laughs> yeah, I had that. <laughs> yeah, 
And then I thought, oh yeah, maybe I should get some help actually. It might do me the world of good. And it was the best thing I ever did. And I need to, like the work Adam's doing is, is fantastic and you know, the work his team yeah. is kind of doing is great. And I just want to shout out as well the uh, the NHS for all their mental health sort of work. And we get basically mental health, well, sort of health and well-being emails every week with courses you can attend and little tips and tricks and all that kind yeah. of thing. And I spoke to a counsellor via the NHS and it was the best thing I ever did. It's the best thing I ever did mm-hmm. because it's somebody who doesn't know me, has no preconceived notions and just takes on the facts and can offer you advice in a in a way that doesn't sort of make you feel stupid or because your friends will there's a there's a, a saying that is sometimes the only person you can trust is a complete stranger yeah because they have no they have no reason to lie to you or make stuff up yeah. or just make you feel better sometimes they will just tell you what you need to hear and shout out to my counselor who was called Stan like the guy was fucking amazing and just it sounds so cliche but just opened my eyes to a whole new way of thinking about things and would say things to me and say all oh, right, so did this happen because of this? And then I would go, oh, yeah, you're right. I never even thought of that. Yeah. I never even thought of that. And he actually brought out memories that I had completely, completely, completely repressed. Things I would completely forgotten about, like the first time I ever played truant from school. And I'd not thought about, I'd not thought about that first time I did it. I think I was, I think I was nine years old. And I just thought, I left the house and I just thought, I'm not going to school today. I was nine and I just, I'm not going to school today. And I remember, and as soon as as soon as Stan said something to me about playing truant, I immediately, I was immediately back there. I could see everything. I remembered everything. I could smell the air. It was so weird, and it just yeah. sounds so crazy, but <laughs> it was it was the best thing I ever did. And so I wanted to shout out the NHS, but it can just come out of nowhere. And like you say, I think people who are strong mentally kind of we don't even you don't even have to be strong mentally, but people who kind of don't pay attention to these things, you kind of do miss the warning signs at times. And like we've said oh, before, yeah. you can have you can have everything in the world, and sometimes it's not enough. And you have to have somebody talk. You have to talk to somebody and explain to them, and then they can help you. That's it's as simple as that. Really, just talking mm-hmm. to people. So I think it's a it's a great thing you're doing, mate. It's really good, and I think yeah, really good, mate. I think you being the person you are as well is actually a really good thing. Because from people I've spoken to who've had addiction issues, they say that the one thing they don't like is people just from outside coming in and trying to tell them why they're doing what they're doing. And they and they say, well, have you ever been addicted? And they say, well, no. And the, the addicted person will say, well, why, I can't listen to you. I can't talk to you. Yeah. This doesn't make – you're trying to give me advice on you've got nothing. You have no idea how I feel. And it's all, you know, like the human brain is so it's, – it's fucking insane. The consultant who operated on my mum's brain after her second hemorrhage, I shout out Mr. Farrah from the Walton Centre in Liverpool, but I asked him a question and I said, because he was talking to me about it, and I said, how much do we know about the brain? And he, he said, like, he said, I'm a consultant, I'm a consultant surgeon for brains, like, of, of brain, like brain specialist and injury and all that kind of thing. And he said, there's loads of things even I don't know. Yeah. And this is a guy who's literally at the top, the literal top of his game. Yeah. Like, there's... There's no one else you would want if you had an accident and your brain was damaged. This is the guy or one of the guys you would need. And even he said, "Yeah, it's it's so complicated. It's just things we just do not know or don't understand." Yeah, and I well, think there was, there was an article recently, and I will admit that I only read the headline because I was skimming through. Where it's probably on Reddit to be honest, which is why it's I didn't one read of those. it. Which, oh, one of those, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. was that they found new types of electronic signals on pathways within the brain that they've never even seen before. 
So as part of some studies that they've done recently, they've actually identified this. And you think, well, God, this is the brain. This is like one of the most important organs in the body. How is it that only now we're still learning so much about it? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. But, but yeah, yeah you'll be fine, mate. Don't worry about <clears> it. It's an important this is issue. where this is where we and now I tell think... you that you're going to yeah. be. We're now supporting you, even though you're going to be supporting other people. But you'll be fine, mate. Don't like try not to freak out oh, yeah. too much. You'll be dead good. <laughs> It'll go by in a breeze, and you'll think, oh, that was fine. <laughs> Exactly, well, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Worst, com- worst comes this, to worst. Um, picture, them, picture them in their underwear. Um, take off your socks and your shoes and your socks and make fists with well, your toes. All those sorts of the things. The biggest stress that I've got <laughs> is the biggest stress I've got is what to wear because I put on a lot of weight <laughs> since I was last in the office. So none of my like work stuff fits anymore. So I'm gonna have to go like jeans and a t-shirt. But I think that's that's kind of more casual anyway. Probably not as casual as I am when I'm wor- working from home. <laughs> shorts and a vest. You, it's just <laughs> top player. God, have have I left my webcam on? Because that's literally what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> my podcast gear. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Uh, I have to mention this quickly before we start to get towards the end of the show. Um, I didn't know that people could still get caught by screamers in the year 2021. Oh, and no. for those of you who don't know, you may be too young to understand what a screamer is, but a screamer we is where you watch Yeah, you watch a video, nothing happens, and then something very scary jumps out at you. And I say to Sarah all the time, all the time. She watches videos on Facebook all the time. And I say, That's probably a screamer. And she'll just go, Oh, oh, I didn't think of that. Yet one of her friends got with got her with one today and she I mean like Again? physically oh. physically her ass left the seat. <laughs> Because she jumps, she jumps so much, and now here's the thing: the youth, the youth of today, are catching people with screamers on TikTok. Oh yeah! So there's no more <laughs> because obviously, when we were younger, if your mate sent you a video saying "click on this," you'd always do it, but you'd have to watch it through like your fingers just in case. You'd <laughs> yeah. be thinking, "Okay, watch out the some... corner of your eye." Yeah, like why is my mate sending me this? Come on now! But TikTok, of course, you don't do. You just sit there, scroll through TikTok. So, and apparently now there's loads of there's loads of screamers all over TikTok. So what you're saying is your wife is really gullible for screamers, yeah? Because I, I, I can sense a lot of videos being posted to our group WhatsApp chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes, that's true. That's so true. I said to I said to because Georgia said to me, she said, um, she said, oh yeah, should people do these on TikTok all the time where nothing happens and then something jumps out and scares you? And I said, see, this is the problem here, George, is that. I live through internet 1.0. I know what's. I know when a screamer when I see one. I've lived through this. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, watch this car cross this railroad track, and then you know, there's a person dressed as a witch or a ghost or something. And yeah, no, the kids are today. The youth are today on TikTok. They don't understand. They can't spot yeah. the warning signs of screamers. Just, just wait until all their kids start happy slapping them. Like, what is this? What is this crazy new fad? Yeah. I just, oh my I've god, Dad! Somebody's filming somebody getting beaten up today. <laughs> yeah. I'd like we'll be saying to our kid, "Oh, you think you're so cool being happy slapped, don't you?" God, who cares? <laughs> it's been for years. Get over it. The conclusion yeah. to all this is time is a flat circle, and everything will come round again. We're, we're, we're so about to true. hit like the the fourth the fourth like resurrection of yo-yos or something coming up soon. Well, this, god, this yeah, is the thing, right. like, flares as well. Flares. Well, this is it. Like fashion wise. We we are on back to the point when na- the nineties were cool. We're twenty odd years on from the nineties, right? Oh, now in oh, the nineties, so right. 
in the 90s, we were 20-odd years on from the 70s, so a lot of 70s stuff was then cool in the 90s. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of disco-based, like, dance music, flare jeans and stuff like that, and, like, ro- literal rose-tinted spectacles and sunglasses and stuff like that. And if you did fancy dress, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go with someone from the 70s. That's ages ago, but not too far ago. Like, it don't have to be black and white, but it's far enough ago. So what is happening is we're in the 20s with things that are based on the 90s, but the things from the 90s were based on the 70s. So are we now copying the 70s aesthetic or the mock 70s aesthetic? I now, personally, it doesn't 70s. affect me because I am just in jeans and a polo shirt because that's my dad <laughs> we're, uniform. We're dads. Exactly. Yeah, we're dad mode, yeah. <laughs> I will say that the two things I didn't realize that were going to be in fashion from the 90s now are bucket hats and young people doing nitrous again. That's now a massive thing <laughs> around here. There's just nitrous little, you know, the little metal nitrous. nitrous yeah, yeah, that's been going yeah. for years, hasn't it? They're Balloon, all over yeah. the place Nitrous never went away. Really? Yeah. No, it did around here. Been. It definitely went away around here because I've not, I've not seen those little capsules for fucking years, and now I can't move. Like they're all over the place. I'm like, Jesus, nitrous is back in. Like, <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> just, just shuffling through the discarded cylinders, <laughs> just yeah, jangling yeah. wherever you go, and burnt out balloons <laughs> everywhere. But the football uh, kept that alive. To be fair, if we're getting more into the nineties aesthetics, it's going to be poppers next, isn't it? That was the big thing when I was at secondary <laughs> school. Like all the kids oh, at God, the back Jay, of the right. school bus on poppers. Hey, you know what that means, though? Fucking Lodi's going to be back on the shelf soon, boys. <laughs> I'll be back in Asda next week reading Nuts yeah. and Zoo. <laughs> Re- reading nothing but the articles. Uh-huh. Nothing but the articles. Oh, there was an interview here with the deep sea fisherman. This sounds really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, look what he's caught. It's a three-headed crab. No! <laughs> I was going to say, look this what he's caught. It's a woman with her tits out. <laughs> Three-headed crab with six I can't tits. wait to read the caption. <laughs> yeah. I'll read the ca- There's a hilarious caption underneath those. It's okay. <laughs> right. I can't believe we nearly forgot to do this. We said last week, and I hate podcasts that do this, that say they're going to do something and then don't do it. We were going to talk about when we realised life wasn't fair. Do you remember that from last week oh, at all? That we said God, we'd do that? Yes. Yeah. I've done no, re- no research whatsoever. No, I do have I- mine. So I have mine, mine as well. Go on, you, you do I, yours, okay. and I can do mine. Mine was, I was seven years old, I was sat in assembly, and you know that there was always the kind of naughty kids in class who were always getting into trouble for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. I was sat next to two of the naughty kids in assembly, and they were talking the whole way through assembly. Not loudly, but you know, always whispering, not paying attention. And at the end, the teacher who was sat at the end of the row came over and said, right, you two have to go into detention, basically, and you're helping to pick up litter at break time. And the one sat in the middle pointed to me and went, well, he was talking as well. And I hadn't been at all. <laughs> and the teacher went, you're doing it as well then, Daniel. <clears throat> and I was absolutely, I mean, just perplexed and flummoxed. And I said, no, I wasn't I wasn't talking, I wasn't talking. And the teacher said, you're doing, you're doing detention. And of course, at seven years old, you hear that you're doing detention. And I thought, basically, I was going to prison for like a month. That was what <laughs> Your I life thought. is over. Yeah, my life was over. It's going in my shout out to that tweet from before, Benny. It was going in my national record of achievement, and I was never going to get a job ever again because somebody fucking dobbed me in for speaking. And at that point, I thought, this is absolute bullshit. I've not been talking, and I've got in trouble for nothing. And that was when I first realized it that somebody could just say something, and other people would take it as fact. Mm. Yeah. 
My, mine's a similar one. It is a primary school injustice. So I had a, a variety of little badges when I was a kid. I collected them. So I had things like uh, an original, like uh, the real Ghostbusters badge from the cartoon, so with the ghost on. I had one from the kids' cool. show 73. Which Oh, my God. Yep, I had that with the red, like, saloon doors with the seven yes. and the three on it. I had oh, my one God. of those for sending in a picture when I was, like, four. And, uh, like, <laughs> Dennis and Menace fan club badges. My pride was an interactive badge. It was a pumpkin with a little dongle underneath, a little string. And when you pulled it, the lid of the pumpkin lifted up, and inside was a ghost going, boo. And it was just like a picture of a ghost with a speech bubble saying boo. But it's like, I was probably in the third year of primary school. So what's that, like seven, eight? I fucking yeah, loved yeah, it. About seven, right? I was yeah. so proud of it. Mm. Took it to school once, show off. Some kid nicked it, and I know which kid it was, and I can say his name. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Machin, I'm still pissed off with this. If you ever listen to this, <laughs> I want that badge back. All right. But he took it, Damn. and he was wearing it. And I said to the teacher, <laughs> Miss, he's taken my badge, and he's literally wearing it. And he went, no, I'm not. It's my badge. And I said, no, it isn't. It's my bloody badge. Not with saying bloody, obviously. I was only a little kid. And the teacher went, he says it's his. So it's his. I, I was gutted. That was the day I lost respect for all levels of authority. <laughs> Adults, you're fallible. <laughs> <laughs> you you can not I love that he just adjusted. wore it as well in your face. Fucking like he just literally it. took a shit the on you and made you say thank you. Yeah. Unbelievable. Fucking like I must you have can taken tell as it well. off and like left it on my desk or something. And then he came back and was like, Oh, it's gone. And he's fucking wearing it. <laughs> you can Luckily, tell as well that yeah. that is a that is a serious grudge because you've mentioned his government name. That's some fucking serious <laughs> business right there. <laughs> Oh, well, like I say, it was the first time that I was like, the world isn't fair. People are shit. People can just get away with stuff by lying. Right. Okay. That's how you want to play it, is it? And then from <laughs> then, that, that stuck in my head. Because that is that first realization of like, fuck, the world's a terrible, dark place. Just people stealing Halloween badges off kids disgraceful <laughs> oh my god just la last thing before we get onto the question of the week but speaking of grudges my granddad was in a like a 50 year feud with some guy from back in the day <laughs> and it was over something a, it was something to do with buying a car or something like that i think my granddad had agreed to buy a car off somebody and then you know like handshake deal which meant a fucking mm. i mean it still means a lot to me now but a handshake deal back in the day was as good as law mm. and this other guy came in and basically sniped my granddad, away, my granddad out from buying this car and Ooh. bought it instead. And my granddad never forgot this guy. <laughs> and we were reading... The... <laughs> my grandma told me this after my granddad had, like years after my granddad had died, but my grandma said that she was reading the paper and she... I can't remember the guy. Let's say the guy's name was Bert. She said, uh, oh God, did you <laughs> it see... It was Lee. <laughs> yeah, it was Lee Machin, yeah. She said, oh my God. Did you see, did you see that, Bert, that Bert died? And my granddad went, yeah, I didn't even blink. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Like, cold. Right. To be fair cold though, blooded. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there when yeah. like, I've had one of the kids who, uh, or one of the lads who bullied me at secondary school, who I fucking hated, 
absolutely detested. Like one of my friends from school, he went, oh God, you know, he's passed away recently. It was like a year or two ago. He was like, no, who? And he told me and I was like, oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Like He may have been you. a perfectly lovely chat, but it turned out he wasn't. <laughs> he, he was right wrong and afterwards. And, and the way he died was because of misdeeds. But I was yeah, like, I don't oh, get well, the, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't get the once somebody's dead, they're a complete saint. No, if you're a complete shithouse when you're alive, I'm glad you're dead. Sorry. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Well, this Maybe is be it. nicer in the next life. This is it. I was like, oh, good, was my immediate reaction, because I still imagine him as like that little 14, 15-year-old gobshite, and me being the 14, 15-year-old <laughs> little twat that was bullied. <laughs> So that's how I was still thinking of it. But then afterwards, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a look on his Facebook page and see actually what's happened. And then my mate went, no, you don't, because this is what's happened. And he told me all like the juicy gossip. And I was like, all oh, right, then, that's fine. <laughs> that, that's like yeah, expected so, yeah. that that would happen to someone who was doing that kind of thing. So <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I can't I can believe it. All right. What I'll lead into this week's question, Adam, if you please. Okay. Well, we did like one of the ones I picked was actually uh, really, really relevant to like the the beginning of what we were talking about, like kids getting up to stuff that's inappropriate. So I'm gonna not read that one because we've already covered our past experiences with it. So the other one that I've got is, as a teacher, what would you do if you threw your class a pizza party, but one kid bumped into you? And you dropped all the pizzas on the floor, and it was ruined. Oh, man. <laughs> you uh, pick up all the pizzas within five seconds, because they're fine then. <laughs> yeah, did the other kids see you drop the pizzas, and can this one kid keep a secret, or do you have to now kill this one kid? <laughs> well, this so is it. Off the the child. This is it. Yeah. Where is the kid? Is this like the kid you've tasked to come to Pizza Hut and help you carry the pizzas? And he's like bumped into you on the way back to the car, <laughs> or is this? You can't. You can't just pick a random child to go with you to Pizza yeah, Hut. That's can. what gets the police. That's what gets you arrested. <laughs> no, it isn't. As long as you I don't the pizza sweat is at school. As long as you don't sweat all the way, you're fine. Apparently, you just ring ring the queen. <laughs> it's all good. As, as, lo- as long as you lie when the police get to you, yeah. you're fine. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, I can't sweat. Shout out my mum's to, uh, the queen. Shout out to this nation's favourite nonce. <laughs> I'll throw it allegedly in there, just in case. You yeah. never know, but... Supposed oh reported what you do? I mean, what can you... What can, there's nothing you can... What can you do? There's nothing you can do. I guess you either have to say to the kids, okay, it's either cancelled, we'll do the... We'll, or it's just, I'll have to go out and get some pizzas or something, or get food from the canteen, or... Well, this what is can it. You do from Iceland and it's... cook them at the... Where the... <laughs> right, kids. Yeah. You just come to my house. You'll all stand in the garden because <laughs> of COVID. But I'll I'll gradually cook one pizza at a time <laughs> in the microwave. In the microwave, <laughs> my, got, my oven's got three shelves. I can do three at once. <laughs> yeah, but the bottom ones will be soggier. The top ones will be really hot, and the middle one will be like perfect. Like you've got a three classic three bear situation there. <laughs> They're kids. Pizza. They don't know they're different. They know what good pizza is. They've not been to New York. <laughs> That's a fair point. They don't know what good pizza is. Yeah, it's just pizza. Pizza's pizza to kids. Yeah, isn't but it? They floor pizza isn't pizza. Floor pizza is true. Floor pizza is rat pizza. <laughs> <laughs> floor pizza's rat pizza. <laughs> yeah, if this is in a school, I don't know what you do. I mean, it's just a case of if you've got non-spare and these kids are expecting this for tea, you just have to ring the parents and say, 
there's been an issue and you have to come and get your kid. <laughs> you have to yeah, come and get your kid. Schools of kitchens. Just, just go get some cheap ones from Tezzy's and put them in the oven. Well, this is but it. You and you just... mean, you'd imagine, though, as a teacher, you've paid for this party yourself. This is like an end of year thing. Or like your yeah. class have done amazingly on exams, or it's just for your breakup for your GCSEs. So your teacher is doing something out of the bottom of their hearts and out of the bottom of their pockets. And as a teacher, you've spent like maybe 70, 80 quid on all these pizzas, like eight pizzas from Domino's. Even the small ones are like 11 quid, aren't they? So you probably spent like close to a hundred pounds for a few pizzas and they've all arrived. And then the kid, you know, the one that you're tied to with bungee cord because you've been playing football in the yard <laughs> just before, well rebounds off the bungee cord and bumps into you. Pizza everywhere. How would it's you even worse as well though? if this is sort of the best kid of the class? Because normally it's the good kids that get tasked with the extra duties, don't they? It wouldn't be the little oh, shitters. Yeah. Shout out to Lee Machin again. Lee Majin's not carrying, helping the teacher carry pizzas back, is he? You know what I mean? It's, oh, it's tough. But then there might not be enough food in the canteen, or you can't just take food from the canteen, Benny, in case that's for the next day. You get to the oh, next day and there's I'm no also, dinner I'm for the kids. take it from a canteen. I mean, at the party, stick like the greatest hits of black lace on, nip out, go to the shops, get a bunch of pizzas, and then cook them in the canteen. Well, while all the kids are doing Superman. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But the chances are, like, assuming I'm the teacher, assume, the chances are that I'm the, the only adult at this party are extremely low. So someone else can look after the kids and I'll do a quick uh, run to Iceland or somewhere. That's what I was thinking. So I was thinking that I was the only adult at the at there. I'm the only adult looking after these kids. And now what do I do? How do I reach these kids? How do I feed these kids? <laughs> <laughs> you can't feed them. That's the issue. You can't, no. Because now you've got you, no pizza. You're going to you're gonna have to get, like, bread out, you're going to have to toast it, like, wipe a bit of tomato puree on it, and a slice of <laughs> processed cheese. Like, get one of the kids to get their lighter, or their, like, their jewel oh, so... out, <laughs> just to, like, heat it up with the coils. <laughs> jewel, for sake. So, 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 important question. Is a bit of cheese on toast with some tomato sauce on it? Is that a pizza? Don't, yes. don't do it. Yeah, You're not it doing it. Don't do, no. It's, it's a bread no. product with the tomato sauce. No, shut up. And with the no, cheese layer. It's a tiny... It's, okay. It is what we Listen. call... Because we have this at lunch, like me and the kids, because I fucking love it. It's just toast pizza. It's, <laughs> it's a genre of pizza. Like a calzone is a genre of pizza. I'm ending this right now. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Episode over. That's it. We're not doing this. Okay? So there we go. Anything else from you boys? <laughs> well, I remember back when my teacher came into the class with a load of toast with like tomato puree on it. I just spilled it everywhere. <laughs> It was and I said, oh my god, no. It was our, pizza day. Uh, no, it was to- toast and tomato sauce layered with cheese event. <laughs> what a catastrophe. I've got one final note to add to uh, end the show one. Okay, no. It's coming home. Repeat, it's no, it coming isn't. home. It isn't. I, I got some really evil looks in Tesco today because I out loud said to Daisy, football is boring. Don't stop talking about it. Because she was saying that. She was saying, it's coming home, England's won. And I said to her, what does that mean? And she said, well, we won football. Is that good? Yeah, of course it's good. And then leant into her and just went, why? And she just went, because we won? And I said, yeah, but how does that affect your life? It was good. We won. 
Is it good Let for the you? Does it, girl dream. does it affect you directly? And she went, No, but it does affect football. <laughs> just start, just and then she went, It's coming child. home. <laughs> I was like, Fair enough. I can't argue with that. I asked you the pertinent <laughs> questions, but she was like, Dad, didn't you even watch the England match recently? I was like, No, I think it's boring. And she was so shocked. She was so shocked at me that I didn't like football. That is. My daughter's Lee Machin event. I am the Lee Machin in my daughter's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, on that bombshell, <laughs> like everybody, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. It's coming home. <laughs> it's not coming home. <laughs>